Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. Live now, I can actually say that. Hopefully, anyway. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have I probably messed so much up here, but hey, whatever. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitch, if you're on YouTube, how are you doing? Um, but yeah, on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about probably the biggest story in wrestling this week, really, unless I've missed some it, in which case I'm sorry, but um, the WrestleMania announcements. They've announced where WrestleMania is for the next three years, um, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about last night's AEW Dynamite, and then we're going to be talking about that that awful episode of Monday Night Raw from this week. It was... I mean, last week, someone was saying to me that I'd um, gone in a bit deep on WWE. But I'm a big WWE fan, yeah? I've been countless WrestleManias, countless house shows over in the UK, yeah? I'm, it's safe to say, I mean, look at the wall! I'm kind of a, I'd say I'm a big fan, yeah, right? But the last few weeks, I mean, I've been pretty positive this year. I think they've done a decent job with the, um, with the pandemic era, really. I mean, especially going into the Thunderdome, I think it's been, do you know what I mean? Some of the shows have been, they've been, like, pretty good. But I think Raw has just been, it's been a chore to watch. I've, like, been going in and out of watching it. Um, SmackDown's been good. SmackDown has been pretty, it's been solid on it since probably, like, August time, since the time Roman Reigns came back. And then you obviously had the Sasha Bailey feud. It's been pretty good. But Raw... It's been, it's been a big, big job. So we're going to get into that and more um, later on on the show. Probably going to go about 45 minutes. Um, if anyone's watching, I hope you enjoy it. But yeah, do you know what? To be honest with you, I almost didn't do this. So I'm going to start by telling you, I know nobody's probably interested, but my day today, right? So so last night, yeah, North End, I'm a big Preston fan. We beat Birmingham 1-0. So I woke up this morning in a good mood, right? And I've wanted this beer, right? It's um, a banana bread IPA. And I've always thought, it sounds good, that beer. And I thought, do you know what? Because I'm a, I'm a window cleaner by trade. And in the UK today, it is absolutely pissing down. It's blowing. A f- it's blowing. I'm not going to swear, actually, on YouTube. Someone said to me, you shouldn't really be swearing on YouTube if you want to get more views. So try not to swear. But yeah, it's blowing a fucking gale. <laughs> um, it's been blowing a gale, right? Pissing down all week. And it's been it's been a hard week. And this morning, I just woke up and I just thought, I don't want to go to work today. But I thought, do you know what? First thought, I'm going to drive to Asda and I'm going to get some of this banana bread IPA. And Danny, who is like a, a big beer drinker, he's recommended this piston lager. So I thought, right, going to get that. Going to go to Asda this morning. Before I start, get that. So it's pitch black. Drive to Asda, yeah? Get a bit of food. I sat on the beer aisle. It's four for six pounds. So I'm choosing my beers. So I'm so, about five minutes it takes me. Finally get this banana bread, right? This banana bread IPA. Get to the counter. So and there it comes up. Challenge 25. So in the UK, yeah, I know a lot of listeners uh, from the States, and it's 21 in the States. In the UK, it's 18. It's 18. You've got to be 18 to be able to purchase beer, right? I'm 29. I'm 30 in May. So this morning, so she comes over. Let's say, you're right, just um, knocking that off. She knocks it off. So I'm like, all right, good to go. Do you have any ID? Um, what? Um, no, I don't. I said I'm 29. She was like, "Look, it's challenge 25." I was like, "Well, I'm 29." <laughs> and she she was like, "Oh, sorry, I can't serve you." I was like, "I said you're being serious." I said I've not been ID'd in a supermarket in years. So, like an idiot, I had a neck scarf, and I was like, "Look, I've got a tattoo. I couldn't have a tattoo if I was 
she weren't having any of it. I was, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't going to be rude with her because I thought if you're working in a supermarket half seven in the morning, you're probably not in the best mood as it is. But I was sat there and I thought to myself, she must have just took out a, a bad morning on me. Because what kind of 17-year-old, does anyone here who's listening, yeah? Because we have got people watching, hello, right? What kind of 17-year-old, right, would be at Asda at half past seven in the morning with about eight bags of carrots and broccoli, yeah? And cauliflower, cauliflower, right? At half seven in the morning with an IPA banana bread, 5.2%. I don't know many 17-year-olds like that, so yeah, I was fuming, I was fuming. So, this is what, I went to B&M around the corner, I don't know why this is, but I went to B&M, I thought, right, don't be annoyed, go to B&M, Danny's told me they sell these beers there, get to B&M, get out of my van, it's blowing a gale again, go up to B&M, doesn't open till half eight, Ugh. I was just like, you've got to be joking me, you've got to be joking me, so start work, get to the first estate, pulling in, this guy, Completely cuts me off. I had to slam on. I was just like, this day, this day is not going to plan. So yeah, I had a horrible day. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a few houses and then I'm going to get back. Get back home and watch Dynamite. That'll cheer me up. And then I looked at my phone. I had a message off Neil. Well, I won't rush back from work, mate. Dynamite weren't, weren't all that last night. I thought, fucking great, great. So yeah, that was my morning. It was, it was a long day. So yeah. Right, let's get into, let's get into, that is my day. Oh, and by the way, on the way back after I'd done these, you might have seen the tweet. I was tweeting out, people in the States don't know how lucky they are being able to have Mountain Dew from every shop that they go in. So I went back to B&M, back to B&M, and I got this, got this. Mountain Dew light. I was absolutely buzzing. So yeah, Mountain Dew light. So thanks for the people who said there is places in the UK that sell it right so we're gonna get into the wrestling soon um i just want to say thanks to everyone that's listening the twitter at wwe versus aew if you've got any questions or anything or just anything you want to say to be honest with you i'm new to this streaming we're streaming via Streamyard, and i'm not i'm trying i'm trying it's the first time so i'm sure i'll get better as it at it as we go on but i want to say thanks to everyone who's subscribed and um, we've got like we're almost at a thousand subscribers on youtube which is Pretty crazy, really. So I just want to say thanks to everyone who subscribed recently. Um, hopefully, we can get up to that thousand subscriber mark. So yeah, right. Let's get into. It. I tell you what, I'm, most podcasts you're not meant to drink on air, but I, I love a brew. So yeah, I'm gonna have a quick sip of my brew, and then we're gonna get into the wrestling side of things. Ah, by the way, I don't know if they do this in the states, right? But this is amazing. I'm not promoting for a Nescafe, by the way. Cinnamon bun latte. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But Right, so let's get into the wrestling side of it. So, as I said, the big story from the week was pretty much the WrestleMania announcements. Um, I've never seen them do it like this before. Um, as someone who travelled, basically, I usually base my holiday around going to the States to watch WrestleMania. Um, but they usually just announce, like, one. About 12 to 14 months before they'll announce where it is, but this year they announced in just a random video that came out of nowhere on Saturday night. I woke up in the I woke up at 4 a.m. Sunday morning to Danny saying, "Are you excited to go to Dallas?" Thought I went to Dallas when I was a kid, not really. And I looked. They announced that WrestleMania 37 is at Roman Reigns announced that is at Raymond James Stadium where it was meant to be last year. 
And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go. Gutted. I was really looking forward to being able to go hopefully next year, but they're doing that this year. Um, so it's two nights. That's the big story. Two nights, WrestleMania 37 um, will be, which I think is the right decision. I mean, anyone who's been to a WrestleMania, especially the ones in recent years, will attest that the shows, they're just too long. They're too long. They're like... You get in there like an hour, an hour and a half before, and it's a battle getting into the stadium usually. You get into the stadium, hour, hour and a half. The pre-show's like two hours. And then you've got the main show, which can be four to five hours. You're in the stadium for at least, at least eight hours, and it is just a chore. So cutting the show down, I think, will be a good thing. But it doesn't look like they're actually doing it going forward, because at 38, 39, they've only actually announced that it's one day. Hopefully, this year's is a success and they do change it to two nights. Because as someone who travels to WrestleMania, I'd sooner travel for two shows than one, really. Um, like, Wrestle New Japan have been doing it, um, Wrestle Kingdom. And I think it's been it's been a success, especially this year's Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, it took a while for them to get to into the hand of how to do it. But I, I do think it is miles better. I mean, nobody wants to watch a WWE show for like six, seven hours, do they? I know I certainly don't, but yeah, so th this year, like last year they did at the Performance Centre, it is going to be two nights, I mean, WrestleVotes, who are, I'd love to know, does anyone know who WrestleVotes is? I mean, they've been posting spoilers on Twitter for years, and I'd say eight or nine times out of ten, they do pretty much come true, so WrestleVotes are a pretty reliable source, and they're saying that they're hoping, WWE are hoping that they're going to get um, 25,000 in each night, which would be great. I mean, 25,000 fans would be a big difference. So I would be really excited for WrestleMania this year if we can indeed get the 25,000 fans in. Even if it's... I mean, over in the UK, we've been having... In December, there was people at football matches and they was letting in about 2,000 people. And it made a massive difference noise-wise. You'd be surprised what a couple of thousand people can make the difference in, like, a stadium. Um... I don't know if the stream went off then, but let's crack on. It, it can make a big difference. I mean, not, not anymore because Boris plunged us back into a lockdown after that, but it did make a big difference. So can only imagine what 25,000 would do. Um, it just makes, it's going to be good because it will make WrestleMania seem much bigger than it has, um, well, than the pay-per-views have in recent years. So yeah, so they've also announced that WrestleMania 38 is going to be at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Um, What's well, like, I think I'll be going next year if, well, if we're allowed. Touch wood, everything will be hopefully back to normal. But for me, I've never really, I'm sorry if anyone's listening or watching who's from Dallas, but I do have um, some distant family over there. So I did go when I was a kid, but it's not really been a place I've been too like, interested in going back. I mean, it's like... I mean, there are some people that it appeals to go to Texas, but for me, I don't know. I mean, I love New Orleans. New York was... Mm, um, San Francisco, San Jose was okay. Um, but Orlando, Orlando was good. Um, but, yeah, Texas. But that stadium, that stadium does look amazing. I mean, I did have everything booked for 32, but um, little girl came about two months before, so I couldn't really go, unfortunately, due to finances. So it might be my second chance to be able to go and then they also announced, which surprised me, two years, two years, two years in April, WrestleMania 39, it was meant to take place this year, actually, weren't it? It was meant to, yeah, we should all be heading out to LA, right, well, in a month or two, but WrestleMania 39 is taking place from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, 
I knew that was going to happen. I knew at some point, yeah, that was going to go off. Let's see, can we get it back on? It's live, innit? This was always going to happen. Oh, well, looks like you're stuck with that screen for now. I had a nice little screen going, and YouTube has completely messed it up. But, hey, oh, Roman Reigns is back on. Oh, he's gone. Hey, it's live, everyone. Sod it. Oh, dear. Right. Live. So what? Right, so we've got the fire stick background on. Fantastic. Um... I've completely lost track of where I was. Yeah, WrestleMania 39 in LA. I mean, we're all thinking that they're going to do this Roman versus The Rock match at WrestleMania 39. I mean, it all ha it's all going to come down to what The Rock's schedule is like. There's so many people are like assuming that that's going to be the main event, but there is so many things that could go wrong from now to then just involving each individual wrestler. I mean, The Rock could be filming a movie. Roman hopefully doesn't, could get injured. You don't know where wrestling's going to be in two years. So it might happen, it might not. Hopefully it does. That would be a huge main event. But if not, I mean, Ronda Rousey's going to have to come back at some point, isn't she? You would think. I mean, what happened? She never, she never, she was taking time off to have a child where she nothing really came of that, did it? Um, but Becky Lynch did, but hopefully Ronda will be back, Becky will be back, and maybe they can have a big match in LA, maybe, maybe Ronda will come back for the big show in Texas next year, because they will have a hundred, well, they say a hundred thousand, but I think it's more near 90,000 tickets to sell for WrestleMania, um, in Texas next year, so yeah, that was the big news, the three WrestleMania venues have been announced, and I'm quite excited for Mania this year, if indeed we do get the 25,000 people in another note that's been added, we all love those little pit stops on the road to WrestleMania and it was announced this week that we will be getting two pay-per-views. Usually, they've cut it down to one recently, but we will be getting two pay-per-views in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania with them putting WrestleMania back two weeks. They have um, confirmed that they will be running the Elimination Chamber on February 21st, I'm assuming from the Thunderdome, but Fastlane will be making its return I'm not sure anyone's really too fussed about Fastlane, but that pay-per-view will be coming back um, March the 21st. So February the 21st and March the 21st, we've got Elimination Chamber and Fastlane. So at least they won't be treading water up until WrestleMania. They'll have something to aim for. So there are two dates for the diary, I'm sure. Um, now, if you listen to last week's show, first of all, I want to say thanks, but one of the main stories was Ricochet. I mean, we were talking that Ricochet... Um, his everybody was saying that Ricochet's contract was going to expire um, in the upcoming months. I mean, I was put petitioning that he should be going to AEW because he's not getting a fair enough run on Raw. Um, he's not being pushed to the levels he should be doing. But Ricochet actually um, commented on this that it was false that he was be, he would be leaving the country, the country, the company, and his contract was going to expire. Um, and he, it, it looks like his contract is going to run out in five, three years. But he signed a five-year deal, a five-year deal until the summer of 2024. So it does look like Ricochet is tied up until the summer of 2024, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know where he's going to be on the roster by that point. Maybe even back in NXT. Maybe for his sake, that'll be the best thing. Um, but yeah, with that, we will start talking about that, that awful episode of Raw. I mean... I don't want to offend any WWE fans. I am one myself, but I'm sure everyone can agree Raw was a tough watch on Monday night. It really was. Um, and Ricochet, they actually look like they might be throwing Ricochet a bone. I mean, 
they did it with Drew Gulak, where Drew Gulak couldn't just enter himself into the Royal Rumble, and they gave Ricochet this exact same treatment by saying, "Look, you need to qualify, but we're going to." Adam Pearce was saying, "We're going to give you a chance to qualify, and you can face AJ Styles." So I thought, Do you know what? Maybe they're going to push Ricochet, and maybe, just maybe, they're going to have Ricochet beat AJ Styles. They had him go out there, and they put on, unsurprisingly, a very good match. That transition into the Styles Clash was absolutely fantastic. But, in the end, the Styles Clash was hit, and AJ Styles won the match. And I don't know what's happening with Ricochet now. He's not in the Royal Rumble by the looks of it. I don't know, maybe him and Drew Gulak can have a match. The two losers on the pre-show can have a match. But, it looks like Ricochet isn't going to be in the Royal Rumble. But, you'd assume that he will find himself in there at some point. Um, Raw had a really, really strange opening. We had, obviously Raw ended last week with Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, I don't even want to say this out loud. Alexa Bliss shooting fire at Randy Orton. And Raw opens, Randy Orton sat, I don't know what, in the performance centre, in the ring, with the tackiest mask on you could ever imagine, covering his face, burn marks, Horrible makeup, burn marks all over his face. Cutting this robotic promo about how he's going to win the Rumble. There's a screen where there's throwbacks to his previous wins. And he's just cutting a promo for about 10 minutes. And it was just going on and on and on. And it was... It just wasn't good, was it? It wasn't good. Um, And then the main event of Raw was... This show, it might as well be the Alexa Bliss show. If you'd have said to us a year ago that Alexa Bliss... Will probably be pushed as the biggest thing on Raw in a year's time. We'd have been like, what? When Edge is returning, you'd expect it to have been that a year ago. But no, Alexa Bliss, she main evented. She's all right. Do you know what I mean? I don't actually dislike this character as much as everyone else. Do think it, it it's all right. It's all right. I don't mind her with Bray. But to main event Raw, I was sat watching it Tuesday afternoon. And it was Oscar. She beats Oscar clean. And Raw just ended. And I was like... Oh, was that it? It was like the main event. I just assumed there was something else coming on after it. But there wasn't. And it was... I don't know. That was just a random ending to Raw. But the thing I do want to talk about is... I tweeted about it. And some people were disagreeing with me. But for me, this segment... I mean, every now and again, WWE can bust out a segment where you're glad that nobody... That nobody is actually watching the show with you. And this was it. We had Miz and Morrison come out for Miz TV. They come out, and it's supposed to be Goldberg's, the special guest on the show. WWE pull out the Gilberg card in 2021. Gilberg comes out. Uh, I was just like, is this seriously happening? Miz is like burying Gilberg on the mic. And then they announced Drew McIntyre's coming out. Drew McIntyre obviously is off the show with COVID. And the short, fat... Rip off of Drew McIntyre with the worst Scottish accent. You will never see a worse Scottish accent. And I can do a pretty bad Scottish accent. But it was the worst Scottish accent you're ever likely to see. He comes out and these two are just going back and forth. And I'm thinking, this is your... Like, it's all well and good people. Like, yeah, it was funny. For me, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think it was funny at all. But can you imagine if AEW... It's the WWE versus AEW podcast. So I am going to compare the two, right? But... Can you imagine if AEW, what's then going to be the main event of their next pay-per-view? Probably Kenny against John Moxley. Can you imagine AEW doing this? Where they just turn it into just a joke segment. 
a joke segment. I mean, I know they've got the work out because Drew's off with COVID. I'm assuming Goldberg couldn't get to the building or something. But is this seriously the best they can come up with? It just made a bit of a joke of this match, which really, on paper, is one of the bigger matches WWE are going to put on this year. I mean, it's probably not going to be a great match, but on paper, Goldberg against Drew McIntyre is a big match at the Royal Rumble, and they were just making a joke out of it. And I just thought... Is this the best you could come up with? It's 2021 and we're going back to Gilberg. People were tweeting me on um, the Twitter saying that, like, this Gilberg first appeared 22 years ago. It's 22 years ago. I definitely wouldn't have been able to get any beer 22 years ago, but still, it's just, it's just be a bit more creative with your stuff. Um, so, yeah, this was it was a horrible segment for me. It reminded me a little bit. I think the last time I watched a segment like this, they did the... It, I think it was up there. I don't think I'm going over... I'm over-exaggerating. I don't know if people disagree. But it was up there with the Bailey This Is Your Life segment and that awful Sami Zayn Bobby Lashley segment. It was just... It's something in a few years. You'll see people posting videos on Twitter saying, do you remember, where, do you remember how bad this segment was all them years ago? But yeah, that was pretty much, I mean, I'm trying to think of any positives that I can say on the show. I think, for me, the Ricochet-AJ match was alright, although I didn't really... I thought, just give Ricochet the win. AJ isn't going to hurt from that. But I think the best thing was that I did like was that he was having Mustafa Ali and Retribution trying to, like, take revenge on Kofi Kingston um, for Kofi Kingston taking Mustafa Ali's spot in the Elimination Chamber two years ago. So we do have to give credit to WWE on that one because we all say that nothing in WWE matters two months, a month after it's happened. It's forgotten about. But they did remember this and they have gone back to it two years later. So every credit for him on that. I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Kofi's out with a broken jaw. So I'm trying to think, what, what was Balor was out for three months with it. So maybe, maybe they're going to go with Mustafa Ali against Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. What, what have we got? Just under three months, maybe they could do it. Um, hopefully they could do it, because otherwise, what are they setting it up now for? But yeah, Mace goes over Xavier Woods in this match. And yeah, Kofi versus Mustafa Ali is a WrestleMania fitting match, I think, with the story. Um, other notes, Raw did 1.85 million viewers. I think they probably could have hoped for better. I mean, the NFL season's finished, I think, in the States. So you would have really hoped they would have done better. But after the show, I'm actually not surprised that they didn't um, do any better than this. But hey, um, so that's pretty much everything on WWE that I want to get into. I haven't had a chance to watch NXT yet. I've watched Dynamite. Um, I wasn't really going to watch NXT, but I do want to see the um, Tommaso Ciampa against Timothy Thatcher. Um I do want to see that match. Is it the fight pit match? Yeah, the fight pit match. Riddle and Thatcher had a really good um, fight pit match, what, in June before Riddle went to the main roster. So I am looking forward to that. I do think some of Ciampa's best stuff in the last year, I'd say, since he came back, has been um, this little feud with Ciampa. I mean, with um, Thatcher. So I am looking forward to that. Um, Yeah, hello, Bloshy. Um, Someone has just messaged us saying hello. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Um, so yeah, right, let's get into the other stuff, so, I was, I did say, I finished last week's podcast by saying, might do a review, I might come back on Sunday and do a review of the Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill show, maybe Smackdown, but if the shows are, I won't swear, crap, or a bit dull, I won't do a review, now, I saw a lot of praise for the Hard to Kill show, and I do think part of the problem with Raw's was, for me, just personally, I do struggle to watch. I think we all had those three or four months watching 
um, wrestling in the empty arena. I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but watching wrestling in the empty arena setting, like from last, what, March to about July, just brings back bad memories. Brings back really bad memories. And when I, when I watch shows where there's just nobody there, it just reminds me of that time. And I just don't... I, it's just not for me watching um, wrestling in that setting anymore. For me, that's done. We're trying to progress here. Um, so when I was watching Hard to Kill on Sunday morning, just a bit like, I don't really want to be watching this. So I just basically... I fast forward, I did watch the... Um, the Diana Perazzo against Taya Valkyrie match that was it was all right. I thought it was it was fine. Diana Perazzo is for me better than most of the wrestlers, the female wrestlers on Dynamite. I think they could really do AEW could really do to get Diana Perazzo on the Dynamite show because their women's division is really lacking, which we are going to get into um, in a short while. Um, Sammy Callahan had a brutal barbed wire match with Eddie Edwards. I mean, it was all right, but thinking, Jesus, you're killing yourself with barbed wire in front of nobody. And then the main event, the main event was um, the biggest talking point, really, from the main event. I mean, it was a good match. It was good. You're always going to get a good match. Kenny Omega and Rich Swan in the ring together is always going to be good. I mean, think what you will of Rich Swan, um, but he's a really, really good worker, and we all know that Kenny Omega is great. Um, so, there was always going to put on a good match, and Gallows and Anderson held up their side of the bargain. I thought um, Moose, Moose did really well in this match as well, because um, obviously Alex Shelley couldn't appear in this match um, for the Motor City Machine Gun. So, Moose did alright in the match, and it was it was a good match, it was a good match, but the main take from that match was Kenny Omega, he loves it, doesn't he? Come out with the Bullet Club t-shirt on, and that had Twitter in. Everyone on Twitter was like, oh, he's come out in the Bullet Club t-shirt, so, yeah. Just adds a little bit more fuel to the fire of this part of our New Japan and our New Japan and AEW going to be working together. But there's always going to be a link because New Japan are clearly working with Impact and Impact are working with AEW. So there is a little bit of a tie in there. Um, but yeah, that was hard to. Come. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a watcher of Impact. I, I can't. I'm going to be brutal. I'm biased against the empty arena settings. But I did see a lot of praise for that pay per view. So if you enjoyed that pay per view, then fair enough. But for me. I much enjoyed the UFC show um, the night before. The UFC show, I mean, this is a wrestling podcast, but if you've not checked out that UFC show from Saturday evening, it was great in the UK to have a show on at tea time over here, um, but that was a really, really um, great pay-per-view. So go and check that out if you're looking for something to watch. Um, so yeah, speaking of impacts, I didn't watch impacts. I don't watch impacts, but apparently Tony Khan was actually ringside for the show Um Last, last night, so it looks like they're going further with that story, Matt Hardy appeared on Impact, and Private Party, I believe, won a number one contenders match, so they will be facing the Impact Tag Team Champions, Gallows and Anderson, um, later down the line, so yeah, quite interesting as we get this Impact versus AEW thing going further forward, so yeah, everything is progressing with that, so I'll tell you what, I need... People, is it JD from New York? He does, and Solo Monster, those are probably the two main solo guys. How those people, yeah, do two-hour solo podcasts without taking a break? Every credit to him, because I'm almost running out of breath myself. I mean, just let me have another sip of this cinnamon bun latte. It's probably freezing by now, but hey, it's going to be good. Ever the professional. Right. Let's get into AEW Dynamite from last night. 
Um, the show was billed as minus one, negative one's birthday bash. Um, and the Dark Order opened the show. Dark Order opened the show, and it, I really like this open to the show. I thought it was a really strong opening. Um, it was the Dark Order versus TH2, Serpentico, and I'll be honest with you, I can't even remember the guy's debut, Serpentico. Um, Luther, Luther, that's it. Serpentico and Luther in an eight-man tag match. Um, Hangman Page was teaming with the Dark Order, and the big thing about this match was, going into it, would Hangman Page join the Dark Order? And I was thinking about this before. I mean, a lot of people thought it was going to happen because it was negative one's birthday. So they thought that they was going to have Hangman join. But for it's been building for a while, if you think about it, Hangman Page joining the Dark Order. But has it really been building on TV as, for as long? I mean, we've if you watch Being the Elite, the, it's been building and brewing for weeks to them trying to get him to join. But they've only just started pushing it hard on TV. So I do think that it makes a lot of sense to drag it out, which is exactly what they did. I mean, the match itself was good. I mean, the, the spot, the spot where Hangman Page lifts up. Does he lift up John Silver and Reynolds? And it's a triple suplex, and they fall awkwardly um, onto I think it was Luther. They fell onto him. They fall awkwardly onto him, but it was just great. It was just funny. Um, and the match really, the last 30 seconds of this match were the best part of it. Just combo spots, the teamwork from all three of them between Reynolds and Silver. Buckshot Lariat, Silver throws him overhead, and it was just, it was a great... A great ending to the match, and it made you want to see, which is the key point of this segment, was it made you want to see Hangman join the Dark Order, because they worked that well together, and it made you think, yeah, go on, Hangman, join the Dark Order, which we all want to see it, we do all want to see it, and AEW clever, Tony Khan's clever, because at the end of it, Hangman Page said, look, I've done this before, I've done the whole group thing before, and I don't want to do it, I don't want to join the Dark Order, and every, that is just going to drag it out because eventually when he does join the Dark Order, because it will happen at some point, I mean, whether or not he's going to be the leader, but I do think it makes sense to have Hangman Page leading the Dark Order against maybe Kenny and um, the Good Brothers. I do think that makes sense, having Dark Order as a group. The top, I mean, Hangman Page is one of the top baby faces. Before this whole pandemic era, Hangman Page was probably the most over baby face, yeah? Dark Order are now going to be the most over baby faces just for the work and everything that's gone on recently so putting them two together does make a lot of sense but why waste it now why do it now on a random show in the middle of january let's have it build up build up and um, maybe at revolution they can join forces or something like that or maybe when they eventually get to this blood and guts matching i think in, are they doing it in september i feel like i've read something about them doing it in september yeah They've put tickets on, not, not on sale, but everyone who bought tickets for that show, um, was it in New York, that's been moved to September, so they are doing Blood and Guts in September, so let's build it up slowly, AEW love doing that, and let's have Hangman Page and the Dark Order taking on Kenny Omega and whoever's in his stable at the time. Um, so yeah, we get backstage now where we have MJF and Chris Jericho promo where they say at the end of the night, no matter what, they're going to win and they will move on. The inner circle will move on as a group. So that sort of laid the foundations for what um, was to come in the main event. Um, next, which will make a lot of people happy, we had Sting and Darby Allen actually finally interacting in the ring together. Um, it was only brief though, but Sting basically congratulated Darby Allen on retaining the TNT title last week before Taz interrupts them on the screen and he basically challenges them to a fight in the streets. 
um, where Darby responds by saying, be careful what you wish for because it might just happen. So it does look like, trying to think where they could go with this because do they really want to waste Sting's return in front of no fans? I mean, that's just the decision you've got to make. And he, obviously, is he cleared? He's probably never going to be cleared. Who knows? He's not. He's 61 years old, so is he going to be working in the ring? So you could, maybe I was thinking, you could do no cinematic matches. haven't been great recently. You could do a cinematic match, perhaps, with... Um, I knew this was going off again. With, um, like, Sting... Um, involved in the match or you could just say do you know what sod it let's just have a street fight loads of bells and whistles and sting doesn't actually have to do that much who knows but it does look like we're going the route of sting and darby allen taking on team taz i don't know which members it will be maybe they'll recruit someone else later down the line who knows maybe that will be the blood and guts match who knows but this was just a quick segment it just progressed it was all about progression on this show there wasn't really anything key going on it was just progressing um, all the stories heading into Revolution and Beach Blast, the big show, in two weeks on the Wednesday Night Dynamite. Um, next, we got a bit of a weird segment. We had the Young Bucks who were outside Kenny Omega's home. I'll tell you what I was thinking. I thought, in the UK, yeah, it's freezing. And these bastards, it looked absolutely roasting. I don't know where Kenny Omega lives, but I'm guessing, what, well, it'd be somewhere in Florida, won't it? But it looked absolutely roasting. Jealous, but yeah, so the books are there, um, Alex Marvez shows up, they take the camera into Kenny Omega's house, where Don Callis is waiting for them, weird painting on the wall, but basically, Don Callis is saying, look, Kenny doesn't need you anymore, um, you're like the, the friends that you move on from when you're trying to grow up, grow in life, and um, so yeah, so it's all about Don Callis trying to get rid of the young books from Kenny Omega's life, and just as like, it goes off the camera goes to black and it all you can hear is what seems like fighting and they try and make it look like the Young Bucks were beating up um, Don Callis, which we'll wait and see if that actually comes to fruition. Next, this match. Was it just me? This match, Cody Rhodes against Peter Avalon. It wasn't good, was it? It really, really wasn't good. Probably the worst Cody Rhodes match I've seen in, in years. I mean... Yeah. It's hard to know who to blame. I mean, obviously, when it's two talents, Cody's up here, Peter Avalon's down here in the pecking order. Peter Avalon is always going to be the one that takes the blame, probably, but just wasn't a good match. They just didn't work well together. Um, it, it, they botched a leapfrog. That was awkward. They just like sort of fell down. Cody hits a really awkward cutter. And then the end of the match was Cody has him in the figure four and they're slapping each other. And then Cody's about to slap. Avalon, and he just taps, and I'm thinking the match has gone way too long, it went like 10, at least 10 minutes, which is way, way too long for a Cody Rhodes-Peter Avalon match, but it was just not good, I didn't like the booking of it, and I didn't like the um, the way the match went, to be honest, I just thought it was really poor, um, so yeah, I don't, wouldn't expect to see Peter Avalon competing on Dynamite anytime soon. So yeah, I'm not sure what they was even thinking doing this match anyway. Not a match that any of us really wanted to see. Um, we have a backstage segment that builds up next week's Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood match. That'd be alright. Jungle Boy looks like he's put a bit um, a bit of muscle on, doesn't he? He looks like he's getting more into it. I bet he'd get served in Asda. Looks like he's getting um, you know what I mean, built a little bit more. 
um, which can only be a good thing, really. But yeah, Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood next week, which will be interesting. We're not, I'm not really used to seeing Dax Harwood in single action, and Jungle Boy is clearly the star, the star of this group. So yeah, give Jungle Boy the win over Dax Harwood, hopefully. Next, John Moxley in his first match since winter is coming, and it was against the guy that I've, I'll be honest with you, I've never actually seen anymore. I mean, I've never seen before. He's called Nick Comarotto. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, who this guy is, but he was a big, big guy. Um, JR said that it reminded him a bit of Bruiser Brody, but what I like about AEW is, so in like a match, we've never seen this guy before on Dynamite, unless you watch Dark, you might have seen him, but he's a big guy, do you know what I mean? You don't you don't want to just have Moxley go out there, kill him in like 30 seconds, and he doesn't gain anything from it. You have Moxley go over strong, yeah, but you do give this guy a bone he did in stature the guy could you know what I mean who knows this guy could be at TNT championship level in like a year so you don't bury him on his first appearance I think they did it there was a big commotion about it about nine months ago where there was Kenny Omega against is it Preston Vance who's now 10 of the dark order it might be and everyone was probably me included I was probably I love a good complaint but everyone was complaining that it took Kenny Omega like five six minutes to beat him um but look, look where 10 is now. He's like, he main evented Dynamite, what, a couple of weeks ago. So in nine months, Kenny Omega, people are complaining, why is he going four or five minutes with Kenny Omega? Well, he's main evented Dynamite nine months later. That's why. So who knows? Maybe in nine months, Nick Comarato, if that's his name, will be main eventing Dynamite. Who knows? But Moxley looked great in this. Um, looked like he, he looks like he's having the fun of his life, doesn't he? Still having a great time. Um, he comes on the mic after the match, he just cuts his usual quirky John Moxley promo, and basically, we're pretty sure at this point that it does look like, does look like we're going to be getting Kenny Omega versus John Moxley main event in Revolution. They did announce that there's a tag match um, at Beach Blast, the main event at Beach Blast is going to be, off the top of my head, because I've not written down in my notes, Kenny Omega teaming up with the Good Brothers to take on John Moxley, um, Phoenix and Pack. What a team that is. John Moxley, Phoenix and Pack. I'm sure that'll be a great match. Um, no Pentagon. I'd say that. Was it Pentagon? Pentagon got took out later on in the show. So I can't think. I'm sure it was Phoenix they put in the match. But that is going to be a great match. Got to be a great main event to the Beach Blast show next well, two weeks' time, in it? Well, it's proper take, taking shape. Another note I've got in my notes here. All in my notes, it just says is Jan Moxley. The ring announcer, yeah, Justin Roberts, he does an absolutely amazing job of, an, of um, bringing John Moxley to the ring. A really, rather a bit, a, the way he does it, a bit like Bruce Buffer-esque, the way he just screams John Moxley's name. But um, yeah, if it, Moxley says, like everything in pro wrestling, all roles lead through him. And it was a nice little promo. Backstage, we get another backstage segment. Um, it's just basically building up next week. We're going to get Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. That match is finally going to happen next week. Um, it's tough in it really because I do think that Eddie Kingston needs a win he's lost a lot of the big matches he? to Moxley um, to Pac so what, you'd assume he's going to lose to Lance Archer because AEW don't like doing DQs so Lance Archer does need to win the match but you really, you need to have Eddie Kingston win. Have Lance Archer win this match, then Eddie Kingston can win a singles match the week after. But you do need... Kingston's going to have to start winning matches sooner rather than later. Because he's that good on the mic that you just can't keep losing every big match that you have. 
Um, we got a backstage segment, basically alluding to before, where Don Carlos is there with the most hilarious makeup job you're ever likely to see. It's just... What's come on here? What is going on with this TV? God knows. Anyway, we're back on that. It's live, everyone. Um, Don Callis has got the worst makeup job that you've ever seen. And he just basically makes out Kenny Omega that the books attacked him. So we all know where this is going. So, yeah, nice little progression. Now, next we have a match, which I've seen a lot of criticism for on social media. And I couldn't really work out why. It was Private Party and Matt Sidell. Not Private. Private Party and Matt Hardy versus Top Flight and Matt Sidell. And, I mean, the match... It was messy, it was unpolished, but it was unpredictable. It was an unpredictable match. I mean, I'd sooner see a match like this between two really young, inexperienced teams. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just, you don't know what's coming next and like the WWE NXT style match where it's all choreographed beforehand. It's just, I, I couldn't tell you what was coming next. And I thought, I'm going to be honest, I think the whatever the opposite of smoothness is, the opposite of that, I thought it was good in this match. It worked well. Um, it was just a really fun match. I mean, the spot where Darius, it, I can't think of his last name, but Darius does a like a backflip, randomly lands on his head. I was like, oh, is he all right? But do you know what I mean? That you're gonna get that with young teams. These guys should be in an, in a real in like an ideal situation. They'd be on the indies now in the early years of their indie run. But no, they're on live TV. Do you know what I mean? So that you are gonna get things like this along the way. I just really like this match. Two young teams in there with two really good veterans like Matt Hardy and Matt Sidell. And it was just... I don't know, I really enjoyed this match, but I've seen a lot of criticism for it. I think maybe people saw that like botch and just thought, oh, sh- crap this match. But I thought it was really good. And I do think... I do like this. The, the main, You've got the main tag teams that are all feuding with each other. But these young trio of tag teams, of um, Top Flight, Private Party... And the acclaimed, that's three teams. And I do think we're going to see, like, intertwined fuse between those three teams over the next couple of years. And I'm all for it. I do think it's really, especially now, Private Party have basically, since that big win over the Young Bucks that they had um, on one of the really early Dynamites, they've not really done that much, have they? But at the end of this match, they actually, like Matt Hardy wanted them to, they actually turned heel and they used the chair to get the victory over top flight. So we're gonna going forward we're gonna have the super white meat baby faces top flight against the heels private party. And it was a nice little twist. I like the progression in this and I, I really enjoyed this match against popular opinion. But yeah, really good match. I thought go and check this out. And private party definitely needed this. And after the match they beat down top flight and Matt Hardy attacked Matt Seidel. So yeah, going forward we're gonna see this feud continue, which I'm all for. Um, we have MJF giving a speech to the Inner Circle backstage saying, look guys, this isn't ideal, but we're going to get through this. It wasn't my idea, it was Chris Jericho's idea, so it just adds a little more fuel to the fire of eventually, I'm sure, MJF's plan is to be the leader of the Inner Circle, and I think it will happen. Six months time, it is going to happen, you just just see the way they're going. Uh, Layla Hirsch versus Penelope Ford, in case you missed it. Um, Nyla, it was originally meant to be Nyla Rose versus um, Layla Hirsch, but I think Nyla Rose was exposed to someone with COVID, so she contacted AEW and said that she couldn't be in the match. So we get Layla Hirsch versus Penelope Ford, which was... which. I don't know what to say. I don't want to every week come in here and go, the AEW women's division should be better, but... The top people are Kara Shida, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, yeah, those three. You need 
and mixture of those three in the matches on every show because otherwise it just looks exposed. I mean, you're exposing how weak this division is and these matches for me, like Layla Hirsch, Penelope Ford, shouldn't be the semi-main on Dynamite, but hey, this the match was basically just so we could get over the Chucky T, now known as Charles Taylor, out as Miro's butler. There were some bollocks after... Sorry, I'm not going to swear. I'm some balls after the match of like... Charles Taylor having to say that Miro's his best mate and this offended Orange Cassidy. So, going forward, we're going to get Orange Cassidy versus Miro, which I'm all for that. I do think that'll be all right. But we need, we need to move. I know, like, AW like taking the time with, like, builds and angles, but we need this to go a bit further, a bit faster. The Miro, I'm just waiting. I want Miro to go out and kill people. I don't want him in his $500 tracksuits just having a laugh with his geeky mate Kip Sabian. I want him out there being a monster, the monster he should have been, that he was. WWE, in the first, the first nine months of Rusev Miro's run in WWE was handled much better than Miro's first six to nine months in AEW. So, I'm just saying, we need to get... Hopefully, it's going to happen at the wedding. Miro, just beat the shit out of everyone. Put Penelope Ford in the accolade if you have to. Do you know what I mean? I just want to see Monster Miro, and hopefully that is to come two weeks at, um, at Beach Blast. Um, the main event the main event was the Inner Circle three-way tag to see who is the official team of the Inner Circle. And you know this is going to cause some um, trouble. Sammy Guevara was on fire um, the, the botch, oh, Chris Jericho, Chris Christopher, I felt sorry for you. Chris Jericho goes for a lion salt, and he just flips and goes flat back on his head. It was awkward, and I just thought, it's horrible to see someone as great as Jericho. We're slowly seeing him, he's not even where he was, is he, 18 months ago. He's just, for me, he's gone a lot downhill in the ring. He's in good, I wish I was in as good a shape as he was at 50, but... I don't know. He just just missing. I can't. I don't know what what it is with Jericho's in ring work. He's over as a character though, so that, that that's great. But I don't know something with Jericho in ring. I just feel like it's slipping. I'm hoping he's going to prove me wrong in a big singles match. But I don't think the Orange Cassidy single matches and the singles match with MJF at full full gear that they weren't really that good. So I'm hoping hoping that Jericho still does as it but it still has it sorry but it isn't looking good. So the match I mean I was watching this match and I thought JR's hinting oh there's not much TV time remaining and I thought just going to end in it with MJF um, winning with the tights and Sammy and that's exactly what happened. It was the right ending. They rushed to get off air so MJF and Jericho are the official tag team of the Inner Circle. So that's going to cause trouble with Proud and Powerful. Do you know what I mean? They're going to be... People will be at night. Oh, it's a joke that, like, Proud and Powerful didn't win this match. That's all right. Proud and Powerful will get the time. They're going to be annoyed with this. Sammy Guevara is going to be annoyed with this. And this whole trouble within a circle is going to go on. And that was Dynamite. That was... Wasn't one of the best shows. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a bad show. There was some stuff that I did enjoy. I enjoyed the Dark Order stuff. I enjoyed the... Um, what was the tag team match? The Private Party... Um, the private party tag team match for it was it was enjoyable. It, I liked the way they're going. I love top flight. I like private party. I love the acclaimed, which are hopefully going to get involved at some point. So yeah, there's a lot. Just keeping the ball rolling as we head into beat. As I say, Beach Blast is the big show in two weeks, and Revolution is the big pay per view at the end of February. So it's all about laying the foundations for those two shows. 
Next week on Dynamite, we've got Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Cody Rhodes is responding to Shaq. Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. And then this match, which is quite interesting, right? The Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. Hmm. Are we going to see... It's going to be interesting to see the interaction with the Bucks and the Good Brothers. But I was thinking maybe the Good Brothers beat down on the Dark Order. Hangman Page comes out to make the save. But doesn't join the group. He just helps him, but doesn't join. I think that's what we're going to see in the main event next week. Um, we also got announced that there's going to be a tag team battle royal um, for the tag championships. The tag team battle royal is going to take place at Beach Blast. But the winner is going to face the Young Bucks at Revolution. So... Not sure what they're going to do with that. I think all roads do seem to be going towards the Bucks against um, Gallows and Anderson. Do you think that would be the right way to go with this? But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll be another team. But I do think we're going to be heading in that direction. And that was dynamite, everyone. That was it. Forty-eight minutes. Flipping heck, I can talk. Um, but yeah, that was dynamite. I'd probably give it like a six out of ten or something like that. It was. It was fine. It wasn't as bad as Raw. Put it that way. It was. A, it was an enjoyable. Hour and a half to two hours, depending if you fast-forward through the adverts. And some of you might have even fast-forwarded through the women's match. Not that I did that. Um, so, yeah, that's it, basically. I just want to say thanks to everyone. Um, it's been weird. This is the first show that I've ever done live. Um, I've tried my best. We've had some problems with that going on and off. I'll get that sorted, hopefully, for next week. But, yeah, it's weird doing it live because, like, I don't know. Like, we've been, I've been doing podcasting now for, like, what, two years or something. And... The amount of times I've had to either edit something, something's gone wrong, the microphone's cut out, or some idiots rang my phone or something, but we've not had too many bad problems, have we? So I feel like it's gone all right, but yeah, I was thinking before, I thought it's going to be a big job, this, but hey, I enjoyed doing it live. Um, thanks for everyone. It does tell you how many people have been watching. I appreciate every single one of you who's been listening to this show. Um, I think last week's show was one of our most listened to shows to date. I was really happy with the listener count that we got um, for that. Um, I will be back definitely next Thursday. Thursday, 5pm UK time, which is what? Dinner time, 12 o'clock Eastern time in the US. 9am. Someone right now, is. I hope nobody is at the 9am um, Pacific time in the US watching me. What a horrible way to wake up, but... Hey, whoever's listening, whatever. But yeah, so yeah, I want just check us out on Twitter. It's at WWE versus AEW. I mean, I'm streaming this to Twitch. I've never used Twitch, but hopefully it's on Twitch. Um, but yeah, I'm more of a YouTube guy myself. But yeah, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get up to 1,000 1, subscribers. That'll be a big milestone. I'll be happy when we get up to that. Um, I'll say I'll be back next Thursday talking next week's Dynamite, talking Raw. I'm sure in this world of wrestling there'll be some big stories in the next week. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll do an impromptu show over the weekend if anything's going on. But there's not really much going on. This weekend's mainly FA Cup Round 4, Chorley versus Wolves, Man United v Liverpool, the Conor McGregor fight Saturday night. Um, so, yeah. So, everyone have a good weekend. And I will be back next Thursday. Don't forget, we... Get this in your calendars. Royal Rumble preview show. We will be doing that. I'm going to try and get Tebs to join us. Hopefully that will be taking place. Look out on our Twitter. I'll announce the date for that. So I just want to say thanks to everyone who's listened. I am going to polish off my Mountain Dew. Yeah? Diet Mountain Dew. And yeah, I'll see you all next week on the WWE versus AEW podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. And I will see you next time.